Did you know that the Our Urban Voices podcast is an outreach ministry of the Heart for Muslims Conference? Our vision is to promote love for Muslims and eliminate the fear of Islam. Join us this year on Saturday, November 5th at Trinity Baptist Church in Manhattan, New York. We will be focusing on the power of proximity, how your location, culture, and shared experiences can bring Christ to Muslims. Hear from Muslim ministry practitioners and connect with like-minded Christians. Find all the details at heartformuslims.com. You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecutors too author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Our Urban Voices. I'm Chris Clayman, again, hosting your normal host, Alphonse Javid. Uh, Last week, I interviewed Alphonse about his background growing up in Pakistan, how he began working in Muslim ministry, how he turned from hatred to love towards Muslims, Today, we're going to be talking about Alphonse's own perspective on Muslim ministry. Uh, so you know a little bit more about me. I'm the co-founder, associate director of Global Gates, a mission organization focused on reaching the ends of the earth through global gateway cities. I'm also on the executive team of the Heart for Muslims Conference. Alphonse, you ready for another week? Oh, I'm excited. I had so much fun and I want to invite uh, the listeners, if you missed the episode from last year, uh, last week, uh, please go back and listen to the first part. It will give you some um, additional information what's going on in my life and what led me to this point that today my friend uh, Chris is uh, hosting the show and I'm able to share my life experiences. Fantastic. Now, for those who did not listen last week, are you go at this alone or do you have a family around that are helping you? Oh, I got four children. Actually, they are wonderful. I got a five years old boy who can read actually. And now we can't even hide our text. When we are texting, he's just like, oh, who are you texting? And he reads the whole text. Mm-hmm. So we have to hide away from him. He's five, smart kid. Uh, just like his dad. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I know, right? Well, you should say that for your jokes. Oh. <laughs> I'm just bragging about my <laughs> son. Um, no, I'm so proud of him. And then uh, I have a four years old boy. And then I have my beautiful, gorgeous, little teeny tiny, the my heart and my soul, my little gorgeous little girlies. Uh, they are twin girls. They will be two in uh, next month, actually. So I have four nice. children and my beautiful wife, Sarah, is uh, been with me uh, as my wife for the last eight years. And but we have known each other for 16 years. So, wow. yeah. Praise God. And now uh, you talked about this more last week, but can you give a brief summary of why you started the Heart for Muslims conference? 
So I come from Pakistani background and uh, because I was persecuted, the, because the, I born and raised in a culture where Islamization was uh, practiced, it means that the, the, the narrative was intentionally changed from for which the country was found to what the country would be according to one man by the name Zia. And therefore it became, you know, Taliban, Taliban, that's took place, mm-hmm. extremism came through, and a bunch of these things happened in Pakistan that changed the face of Pakistan. Therefore, it changed uh, the way Pakistani Muslim community was treating Pakistani Christian community because they didn't know anything better, but only what was uh, taught in the books, what how they were brought up, and what the media made them uh, to be. So with that whole understanding, when I got here in the United States, um, I felt I, I found myself in a unique position because there I was hated because I was Pakistani Christian. When you are mm-hmm. Christian, then the land doesn't belong to you because mm-hmm. uh, Pakistan is, means la ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah means uh, uh, if you are not Muslim, this country is not yours, mm-hmm. even though you are born, raised generations of uh, uh, your yeah. parents been there. Um so that was the religious aspect of that. When I got here, it was the other narrative where you were seen as a Pakistani, uh, not as a Christian. So it was more a nationalist type of narrative where I was like, okay, so I'm not a Christian. Uh, I'm not Pakistani. I'm not American. Then tell me that <laughs> I struggle. I? Basically, I str- <laughs> struggle with my identity. And this caused me to, to, to lean toward uh, uh, heavily toward arguing for Muslims who are being persecuted in, in the United States, especially after 9-11. And I saw a, a rise in hate. I, I conducted my own research for my doctorate and uh, uh, my doctoral degree. And in that, there was so much data available. And I was like, I was just blown away how much hatred uh, Muslims had to go through post 9-11. Not only Muslims, even Sikhs, because they looked like Muslims or any South Asian for that reason. And I personally faced that as a Christian Pakistani here. So when I got became pastor in New York City in Midtown, I decided to change that narrative. Mm-hmm. I met up with friends, uh, especially you, uh, and start exploring the idea of how to help the church, how to yeah. bring the church together, how to promote love for Muslims and eliminate the fear of Islam so mm-hmm. people can engage. And that's the genesis of Heart for Muslims because we believe uh, Jesus has Heart for Muslims because such a huge group in the world and mm-hmm. unreached people group. And God calls us to love Muslims. And they are in a very um, vulnerable position and mm-hmm. uh, and they are the minority in this case. So uh, it was just clear that God is uh, stirring a desire in my heart to love Muslims and share with other people. And at the same time, it was, he was doing the same thing in, in the heart of many other people. And yeah. out of that, God just brought forth Heart for Muslims. And uh, you and I are the ones who founded this conference with the... Um, but the thought that we're going to have maybe 40 people. And first year we got 380 people. 
Mm. And most of them were mission agencies and pastors. and Which is a big leaders. deal for New York to be able to get people together like that. So yeah, God, God yeah. has definitely been using it. I, I think one of the things that you experienced in your own life, and it's probably good for anyone else to hear that is of the diaspora, meaning they're born in another country, scattered from where they were born. Sometimes people don't know how they can relate to Muslims. They're just so distant culturally. Right. But even the diaspora experience, as you talked about, is a you have this liminal state of existence where you're not quite what you were, but you're not quite this, and you struggle with what am I? Well, it doesn't matter if you are from South America, Eastern Europe, Africa. All of you are going through that, and it is an incredible place of connection and yes. unity with others. And so people don't realize that some of the most effective evangelist missionaries among Muslims aren't even the host culture Christians, like Americans like myself. They'll be from uh, other countries themselves that either came here directly or their parents came here and they came at an early age. And often because they empathize so much with Muslims, they're able to connect at deeper levels and have a greater impact. And so I think it's important for uh, people to hear because they're like, I'm just here to receive. No, you are really a major player on God's stage once you enter into that, that world. That's right. Since 2015, starting the Heart for Muslims conference, have you noticed any trends in ministry among Muslims that have shifted, changed? What's new? A lot of new things, especially in pandemic. I think mm. pandemic set a new tone for Muslim ministry and the ministry in general in New York City or any urban setting, I think. Uh, one of the main thing I saw was, uh, I have this beautiful story of our uh, um, co-worker. Uh, you and I know her, uh, Dr. Fadia from uh, Urban uh, Brooklyn Friendship mm-hmm. Center. Uh, she, you may remember this uh, uh, meeting after the first conference we got together and we said, uh, we don't want to do another conference for the sake of conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to see if God is doing something. If he's moving things. We want to follow his movement whatever he goes, we're going to follow that. Right. So she said this thing, she said, please don't, uh, um, no, 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 please don't stop uh, ho- hosting conferences because uh, it's for the first time uh, I'm feeling uh, uh, like I'm other, others are doing the same thing uh, because she yeah. was alone. She was yeah. by herself doing for so long. And it's a, it's, it's a hard labor. And there is like, mm-hmm. it's almost like thankless job. And, but then you see other people struggling the same way and doing this, trying to preach the gospel with this against all these struggles. And then you, you feel this like, Oh, thank you, Lord. It's like, a, it's almost like, uh, um, it's like camaraderie. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a support. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you got to start, you know, when you start hitting stories, even though it's not, it's not the victory story from my own ministry, but it's coming from the other ministry. I was like, oh yeah, it's my victory too, because we both are in the same battle. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened. In the last, uh, since 2015, I have heard more stories of, of, of victory in the Lord and conversion and church plans and miracles and all the other things than ever before. Mm. And it's not only my uh, situation. I've heard that from other other people mm-hmm. have experienced too, because now they have a a place where they can share these things. 
yeah. a place where they can come together. And, and even if they are not there in the conference, they are having conversation with each other because the network mm-hmm. is there. They're there. It's not that it's a physical network that you come and plug in the network that they they build those friendships and the relationships. And when they go away, they're still talking to each other, learning from each other. That mm-hmm. That's one thing came out. And the second thing that came out, uh, resources that were there, we are leveraging resources. That's a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. I just got a request from a partner organization, a Muslim background believer just landed and looking for his uh, place. Immediately, I, I texted uh, uh, three individuals, including uh, uh, one of uh, two of our mutual friends. And I mm. said, hey, uh, this came from such and such partner working in mm. New York and we need that. He said, oh, perfect. So the, both of them immediately sent me the uh, next step, which was one was like, I talked to such and such person. They're waiting for the call. Tell them, call them. They have a housing for them. Okay, perfect. The other one's like, ask him to call me right away. We, 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 gotta, we got it. So I was like, this is, mm. this is what's coming out of people are becoming aware of these needs and also the resources available to them. So if you are not part of this community, if you're not, if you're listening, if you do not know where to start the ministry or you do not know where these practitioners are, these resources are, please give us a chance to be part of your life, your ministry. If you're a mm-hmm. church and have no outreach to Muslim community in your area or the in the proximity where God has put you, we love not alone. to be there. <laughs> yeah. The body so, of Christ seems to work best when they're not talking about how distinct they are from the others, but instead have some sort of common mission and vision together. And I think that's what has happened. So that's the trend. I'm at least that's what I'm seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I landed, I didn't see that. But I think over mm-hmm. the, uh, since 2015, I've seen this a lot. Mm-hmm. I do not know whether this is because I'm in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know. But I, it's just something I saw and I, I, I appreciate that, that I'm, I'm seeing. And I hear randomly, uh, I was in like a, a Missio Nexus conference and people are mm. talking, I'm sitting at this table and they're talking and they're talking about this conference in New York, right? Mm. And they're talking about this conference, how they connected and they are this and that. And now they're engaging some Muslim community in New Jersey. Mm. And uh, my, my wife and I were sitting there just mm. listening to them. And uh, you know me, I'm not going to put my name out like, oh, I'm this mm-hmm. and that. I said, and then my wife goes like, oh, my husband is the one uh, he <laughs> and his friend started the conference. And they're like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> things wow. like this. So the, the, the impact, uh, you know, you don't hear those stories all yeah. the time. But when you do hear, you're like, wow. Yeah. Another story is like uh, I was in another conference and the guy is just like, uh, um, I was teaching us perspective somewhere and mm-hmm. the person like oh i've seen i i i heard about heart for muslim in my church uh, there's a there's a poster and i was like oh, oh wow. good you should go there so mm. things like this when you hear it means uh, the network it lives is, on well beyond you as an individual there you yeah. go and these yeah. are the trends i am seeing and i'm thanking the lord for that yeah so i know this is pretty basic but why should we even be concerned about reaching out to Muslims? Also, would you, what would you say to motivate and encourage churches in starting ministry among Muslims? So the first part is simple. The first part is, does Jesus care? Um, it, does he, because I believe that Jesus has heart for Muslims. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he he has heart from Hindus. He has heart for uh, Buddhists. He has heart for the whole nations. He has. This is precisely the reason why he came to Earth to die for our sins. And he was rose again. He was buried and rose again. Is coming back. And he has given this commission to the church. Uh, could he have done it all by himself, just like die and then like okay, because I died for you, boom, everybody now you are saved, you are justified and. Uh, uh, good everything is good he could do everything by himself but he chose this was his choosing that he appointed the church to be that so why why should we uh, reach out to muslims that's why because god jesus, jesus yeah uh, sorry yes that's why jesus gave us this mm. uh commission so we could reach out mm. so we are reaching out to muslim because jesus commanded because we ought to love our Muslims, because God has brought Muslims to our step uh, doorsteps. They are literally our neighbors. Mm-hmm. We buy things from them. If mm-hmm. you're living in uh, New York City, uh, you are riding uh, uh, you know, your taxi or Uber uh, with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to store with them. You're buying things from them. Uh, they are everywhere. They are part of our community. They are part of our lives. They are part of whole this structure here, mm-hmm. right? And then in the bigger context, there are a very large number uh, of the world population, a very significant number of mm. the world population. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one. Missionally is important, right? And also what would you um, uh, say to... Motivate and encourage churches in starting. Good. What would help them? So the best thing is uh, if, if the church exists, if the church exists to glorify Christ... Um, mm-hmm. and spread the gospel. And also that church exists, especially in, in a place where Muslims are uh, uh, there. So in Bronx, I met, uh, we had this uh, leadership meeting with this, this group of people who came to the conference. And mm-hmm. they said that they are surrounded by Bengali Muslims, Bangladeshi mm-hmm. Muslims. And uh, they have, and I said, how long have you been there? Or our church been there for, I don't know, I forgot exactly, but 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything? No, that's why we are here. Mm-hmm. So if God has, if, if you were there before the immigrants arrived, or if you uh, immigrants were there and God brought you there, there's a reason why you're there, mm-hmm. right? God mm-hmm. has a bigger plan. If God planted that church or God planted those people around that church, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is that we may share the gospel. We don't have to go overseas God is bringing them here. So that's, that's a strong uh, motivation. But in general, even if they are not in your close uh, uh, vicinity, I think there's such a huge group of people, huge group of people that love God. They're seeking after God and they want to uh, do the right thing. They're willing to whatever it takes to get there. All we need to do is step in, enter into mm-hmm. their reality and guide them through that or help them to navigate through those spiritual discussions so they can understand who really Jesus is. Yeah. Um, so they can understand him as a Lord and Savior, not just as a prophet and good man. Mm. Yeah, the World Christian Encyclopedia will say that 86% of Muslims in the world have never met a Christian. So even you just being the one Christian someone knows goes a long, long ways for yes. overcoming those barriers to come to Christ. Yes, is there a time when a church maybe shouldn't focus on Muslim outreach? Is there a time? Well, they should not focus yeah. on Muslim outreach. 
I, I think uh, if the church is, uh, um, I, I, my answer like straight will be like, no, there is never because Muslim outreach is part of missional calling. They are people group that part of this unreached people group. Um, but I understand if the church is uh, never had a vision of uh, reaching nations or if they had a vision of reaching nations, but they never understood that what it means to reach Muslims specifically um, because they have a different focus. I understand why they will be hesitant, but I think uh, if God has uh, uh, given a church, um, if a church is a church, it has to reach the unreached people group, right? Mm -hmm. And that is one of those uh, people group, not one. It's like a large population. I mean, a very significant number. Yeah. Yeah. What would you suggest as someone who would like to start a Muslim at, outreach at their church or through their church, but maybe their pastor or other congregants aren't supportive? I think I will say start with a prayer group. It's very simple. Nobody, nobody going to argue against prayer. Group, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think prayer can change things when people through prayer, prayer is such a beautiful thing. You are asking the Lord to intervene. But that, that's very, very important in this mm -hmm. process. If your church doesn't have the vision for that, or people are not supportive of that Two, when you're praying, you're praising too. So put some praise report there. God, I thank you that in Jordan, uh, uh, Ahmed came to Christ because of the vision that uh, you, you gave him. Yeah. And, or Lord, I thank you that global gates is involved is, is reaching the, uh, West uh, um, uh, African African nations or uh, a specific nation, and that person came to Christ, and the church is planted. So, thanking the Lord in those mm -hmm. prayers report, I think when people hear, when people hear God is changing, God is moving in those nations and among those people, church plants are happening. You gotta be callous-hearted not to hear from the Lord. Yeah. Uh, you have to be somebody who is like willingly rejecting to hear from the Lord. Then you are dealing with a bigger issue than Muslim outreach, right? Mm -hmm. Then you are dealing with a heart issue that have not even experienced transformation. That's totally mm -hmm. discipleship matter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that will be my pathway in start a your own. If uh, you are listening and you have the desire to uh, start a, a Muslim outreach, don't think big, think simple. But that's what the, Disciple asked the Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray. Mm. I'm teaching you right now. All you need to do is uh, lift up this need before the Lord. Thank the Lord for what God is doing among Muslim communities or whatever you heard. If you don't have resources, go to Heart for Muslims Conference under resource page. We're going to give you resources. Go uh, text us or email us. We'll get you uh, the resources. Global Gates is a good organization in New York City. If you are in New York City, there are several other partner organizations that are working among Muslims. Uh, we can give you even a, 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 a prayer guide for 30 days that we uh, um, uh, Global Gates put out uh, every year with partnership with other organizations. There's so many other resources, but start there. I heard a story once about a church that adopted this unreached people group out in the desert of West Africa. They prayed for them for years, printing out materials. They would even go to Walmart and pass out flyers, pray for this group, pray for this group. But no one answered that call to be an evangelist or missionary among this group. So a couple of years later, they began in their prayers going, wait a minute, 
who has a heart for this people more than we do? We need to send an evangelist and missionary. So they ended up doing that. But prayer Wonderful. changes things and it is it a great changes. place to start. We have also developed a resource recently where you can take virtual prayer walks mm. in these Muslim communities in North America. You can go into their mosques, see their faces, see their places. So go to upgnorthamerica.com and you can see virtual prayer walks where you can you can visualize and really empathize and and connect with people by seeing real people instead of just you know uh, yeah. this group that might be out there. That's fantastic. So it's uh, UPG stands for Unreached Unreach People, people group. group. Yeah, and UPG you said North America, North America right? dot com. Yeah, there you go. So in this way, you can remember easily. So go there, take these walks, start there. Hey, what are some of the big issues that prevent Christians from actually reaching out to Muslims? And how would you address those? I think the biggest issue is the fear of Islam. That's yeah. why this is part of our vision. So loving Muslims is an easy part. I think even practitioners, those who are seasoned practitioners, they genuinely love Muslims. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. It's the second part of the vision of Heart for Muslims that troubles people, and that is uh, eliminate the fear of Islam. Because mm-hmm. Islam is a not just a, as you know, you have done the studies, you are in Muslim ministry for so long. Islam is a political system. It's a social, socioeconomical system. It's a culture. It's a educational mm-hmm. system. It has own laws and all mm-hmm. the other things that come with that. So even if you divided in two pieces, it will be political Islam and religious Islam, right? So mm. even political Islam itself is a movement, Any like any political political uh, campaign, you're going to do political, political stuff. Mm-hmm. So there you have this narrative that is scary. I understand. I, I was under that uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, political regime mm-hmm. and uh, that narrative. I was a victim of that. Yeah. Now that is the problem, and I understand. I am. I totally understand that prevent Christians from reaching uh, out to Muslims because there's a fear of. It's a genuine fear. It's not just sure. fake. Sure. And the way we're gonna deal with that is here's what I think we're gonna deal with that. We do not need to convert. Muslims. That's that. That you gotta have this deep down in your heart. You gotta have this clarity, like such a calm understanding from the Lord that we mm. don't convert people. Mm. We do not. We don't have the power to convert people. We don't have the, uh, um, uh, you know, right. Uh, uh, we are not adequate. To, Even if you did, thing. there's probably someone more adequate to convert them back. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it's not a human effort. Exactly. And I think that's where the second piece comes in, where people say, like, oh, but I'm not trained for this. Well, we can give you training. No problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not adequate to talk. to the, No, we can help you with that, too. The confidence that you need is going to come from the Lord. That's one. Again, it goes back to prayer part. But two, I'd really think. When you love Muslims, when you really, really love, you live life with them, you eat food with them, you hang out with them, you go to their funeral, you go to their weddings, you go to their uh, baby showers, you do all those things uh, and you attend their uh, special uh, festivals and they come to yours. Life is happening during those life events. They see you, how you acting versus how they will respond to a death or other things. 
I have heard the stories and I've, I've, I'm a pastor. I preach that gospel during those uh, uh, funerals where the person is uh, heartbroken and vulnerable. And they like only if they know what happened to him or her, what will happen to them after that. Mm. And in Islam, we know that even it's not a, it's not bashing Islam in uh, like most religions, even nominal Christianity, Catholicism, in all of those things, we have this hesitation of uh, or, or lack of confidence uh, what's after this, right? Mm. Everybody is like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, gonna, we know what's going to happen. We mm. know exactly what's going to happen. And we have assurance of that. That assurance is so powerful. When you are spending life with somebody, you can bring that assurance. We don't do good works because we want to get close to God. Those good works are the result of the salvation we experience. Mm-hmm. These kind of little things are so mm-hmm. critical that you can speak when you are living your life. Yeah. Then you don't need to fear Islam because you're not doing anything against the political system or the laws or some fanatic out there. You're just loving a person mm-hmm. and you're not doing on a political uh, level where you want to make a statement against a nation or a people group. You're not against anybody. Mm-hmm. You are with everybody. You are pro people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the issue. The, the, when we when we understand people are people, mm-hmm. then we act like people, and I think we are willing to love those people. And we don't need to pretend that we care. We because we do care. When when the real genuine thing is there, the, the life will, and because we are believer, it will show. And there we will have those opportunity to pray with them, share Christ with them, and live. And then. When the time comes, if they have questions, we will be able to answer those questions. But it starts with the first step. We are not out there to convert people. I just had like uh, for India prayer, we're going to have a, a Pakistani prayer soon too. I went over there and the guy didn't want to take this uh, literature. I said, may I ask why? He said, I see what it says. I said, oh, I'm sorry. But I'm just wanna, I am just want you to know that I'm not here to convert. This is a short video we produce, so we're not sure. But we do have a volleyball game at our church and on Monday night. Love to have you there. Other young people are there too. Some are from Hindu background, other. That kind of thing. I'm, I was mm-hmm. genuine. I was like, literally, that was I was telling him. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't want to convert you. And the thought that if you're going to talk to a Muslim person, Muslims are going to try to convert you. You're going to try to convert them. You're never going to build a good friendship or loving relationship or a genuine relationship. It's going to come from when you put that thought aside and say that's in the hand of the Lord. If yeah. this conversation goes somewhere, if this relationship goes somewhere, and if the Lord desires, you know, this is important. I had this conversation with a Jewish person uh, last week. Mm. Uh, that guy said that, oh, everybody tells me that you're going to go to hell because you don't believe in the uh, Jesus. What do, you, what do you have to say about that? I said, I, I would say that they have no authority to send anybody to heaven or hell. I would say this, that that's wrong. They shouldn't be scaring you into uh, Christianity. Actually, as a matter of fact, nobody can enter in Christianity. Christianity is not open for everybody. Only if the father draw people to the son. Uh, you can't just come in. I can share with you, but it's by the grace of God. God has to bring you to the saving knowledge. And this guy is standing there and looking in my face. I said, <laughs> that, that's pretty much what I said. And that's true. You have to know that if you believe in predestination, if you believe in sovereignty of God, if you believe that the work of the Holy Spirit is responsible for conversion, then you leave everything to him and him alone. And you do your part, which is love your neighbor and do those two things that the Bible says, love your God 
great commission and great commandment carry those two things yeah that's good hey what is a commonly held belief about muslim ministry that you passionately disagree with um i i think this idea of um, um I, I mean okay i'm in favor with uh, uh, in favor um when it comes to friendships i'm completely in favor i i love building relationship but using that word you know as a mechanism to kind of like covertly or deceptively uh share christ whether you're going overseas or here i think that's that's not genuine i, I think that's not not what is commonly are you asking that one that way Let yeah me, what's a common held belief about ministry to muslims that you really disagree with yeah and that's that's one that oh you, all you need to do is just to have this friendship and then you i got gotcha. you i think that's that's the wrong approach i i don't think that's the right for muslim person uh that's the deceptive evangelism um but if you are honest and upfront that's great and the second thing i really don't like uh, when um um people so just think, to clarify with that it's not like i'm friends and then later on i kind of get to what i really wanted to do when i befriended you instead be honest like I, i i don't know if i've told you about i call him pakistani christian yoda you know he's he's much like you very wise <laughs> comes from pakistan this pastor but he says you need to make friends but not but not western type friends ah. <laughs> the western friends you you have very compartmentalized lives these are the people i work with and here and these are the people i don't share real life with and these are the people i hang out but real friends in an eastern perspective or a pakistani perspective is that you share what's most important to you up front in your relationship uh, yeah. because it's just part of being friends so make friends just not western type friends yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. share who you are yeah and and then also i don't like the idea that uh you know this whole thought behind from the uh, uh 60s and 70s that oh uh, muslim god you know the tracks you see everywhere muslim god is a um idol that's so disrespectful mm. so disrespectful that's not true i mean if well historically whether that was true or not i i don't care actually what i care is when you meet a contemporary uh, muslim and uh, you talk to them they will tra- uh, trace that back to oh no we believe in god of uh, abraham isaac mm-hmm. and ishmael if they, they're telling you with their own mouths and right. you're not going to believe him and you're going to no 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 i'm going to go back to that tale that been uh, mm-hmm. used sent uh, you know um some time ago so i think those kind of thing we got to uh, i'm 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 against um I, i disagree with that kind of stuff where apologetics is out to um you know destroy relationship based on just winning an argument mm-hmm. um it, it muslim ministry as you said already is the love of christ that's uh, i think in the previous episode you said uh, most people are reporting is the is the love of christ that is proclaimed showed in lives mm. as we begin closing out this episode is there a main takeaway you would like our listeners uh, to have well as far as uh, urban voices is concerned i think it's uh, my ta- uh, my my thought is that uh, 
uh, when you come to this platform and if you're listening for the first time, I encourage you to listen to other episodes too because Urban Voices is not just only focusing on Islam or Muslims. Mm-hmm. It has a, uh, it's, it's focuses on uh, Urban Voices. You will mm-hmm. see episodes that focus on uh, uh, Black community and their crisis in the middle of all of this. It has a, a, a focus on, uh, you will hear some of the voices are talking about um, uh, Jewish evangelism, it's other mm-hmm. talking about whatever impact city life mm-hmm. and city people, uh, but in the context of faith, right? And more specifically, Christian faith, how mm-hmm. missionaries are changing life, how uh, everyday average people are changing life for Christ uh, as they interact with the Muslims, Hindus, uh, Sikhs, uh, uh, Hasidic Jews, uh, so forth and so on. Um, so that's uh, one takeaway. Please uh, engage. Uh, uh, with us uh, through uh, through uh, Urban Voices. We want to so hear if, your voice. If they want to get in touch with you to find your books, more on the website, email you directly, what are the ways to do that? Um, through Urban Voices website or my personal website, Alphonse Javed, my full name, dot com, and uh, we can get in touch. I'm also on Twitter as well. All right, great. And as all of your episodes end, midst of all the heavy talks of Islam and so forth. Give us a joke. Oh, this time I'm really excited about this joke. Okay. All right. So joke is a, in, in America, we have, um, um, uh, you know, those joke is offensive jokes, but about blunt. Um, okay. Female. About blonde people. Yeah. Right. Right. But over there in the South Asia, we have uh, jokes about Sikhs. Oh. So this one is about a, uh, yeah, Sardarji. That's what okay. they call it. Punjabi, basically. I'm Punjabi, so I can make fun of myself, too. Mm. But I'm going to make it more general. So teacher said, where were you born? And mm. the student said, India. Teacher said, which part? What do you mean, which part? My whole body was born in India. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good job. Nice. Well, Alphonse, thank you so much for being on your show. Again, I'm Chris Clayman. That was your host, pastor and author, Dr. Alphonse Javid. Thank you to all our listeners. We truly cannot do this without you. If you learned something, have a suggested topic, or would like to leave us feedback, drop us a note at oururbanvoices.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave an honest review wherever you listen to your podcast. And tune in next week for more honest discussions about urban ministry from diverse voices. Thank you. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.